chapter fourteen of order number eleven this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org order number eleven by caroline abbott stanley chapter fourteen select readings the church was packed it was not often that anything approaching a theatre was to be seen on grand prairie the word had gone forth that this might be mistaken for it and the rumour of curtains and sheeted dressing-rooms piqued curiosity everybody was there the exhibition was almost over and over with credit sally's maniac was magnificent it scared the young mctavishes almost into fits rebecca and rowena had set more than two manly hearts to thumping with their ravishing beauty colonel trevilian and dr lay sat side by side and congratulated each other as the entertainment progressed that they had such an up-to-date teacher this would make next year's patronage certain but the end was not yet miss abby had prepared a pleasant surprise for the people of grand prairie the last number on the programme was come to the old oak tree as the rhythmic notes rolled on with a swing and a dash that set all the young feet in the church to keeping time miss abby was having a last whispered word in the dressing-room with lois chandler in white muslin and blue ribbons you are sure you can do it oh yes cried lois in pleased anticipation she had said to beverly at the door where they had stopped to talk you just wait you'll be surprised at something there was such a note of exultation in her voice that beverly had been wondering all evening what she meant when the song ended the singers took their places in the audience miss nanny and matt dawson went to folding up dresses behind the curtain and miss abby stepped to the front i thought this was to be the last whispered gordon to virginia why it was i don't hush for miss abby was speaking ladies and gentlemen mr singleton had announced the programme and the sound of a woman's voice was most startling in a community long used to the dictum let your women keep silence in the churches miss nanny stopped to listen ladies and gentlemen our programme will conclude with a few select readings from a book that is read to-day throughout the civilized world one that has been translated into many languages and bids fair to rival the bible in its circulation miss lois chandler will give you a few choice selections from uncle tom's cabin uncle tom's cabin a book that was to the south at that time like a red rag to a bull well did you ever said miss nanny dropping the blue satin and sitting down on the pulpit steps if a bombshell had exploded in hickory grove church there might have been more danger but not greater surprise there was hardly a man in that audience that was not a slave-owner 
and upstairs in the gallery enjoying the exhibition to the full were the slaves there was a hush that presages a storm and then mr caldwell and his family who were from south carolina rose and marched out mr pasco followed suit but most of them stood fire possibly because they had deep in their hearts a curiosity to know how it would turn out and what the readings would be did you know anything about this asked dr lay of colonel trevilian certainly not he said sternly the woman is beside herself but there was method in miss abby's madness she had thought out this plan with her accustomed thoroughness she looked upon uncle tom's cabin as the book of the century and she had discovered with unbounded astonishment that it was not read in the south at least in this part of it she had not found on all grand prairie one person that had given it a hearing except dr lay she had put it into virginia's hands one day whence it came promptly back to her via mrs trevilian who told her with the gentle dignity that never left room for argument that she would rather virginia would get her ideas of slavery from real life than from fiction she had offered to lend it to miss nanny who had said with scorn no i won't read it it's nothing but a pack of lies how can you tell if you haven't read it miss abby asked with some show of logic i know from the people that like it said miss nanny it was this attitude of southern people toward uncle tom's cabin that had determined miss abby upon her course of action to-night such a book as this ought to be brought before them she felt that she could do no better missionary work than to become the humble instrument in the hands of providence to do it of course it would be better if they would read the whole book but if they wouldn't even fragments properly presented would be better than nothing probably they would become so interested that they would seek to pursue the subject afterward miss abby it will be observed while a thoroughly good woman was lacking in that quality of the imagination which enables one to enter into the life and feelings of others if she had possessed it even in small measure she would hardly have entered upon so perilous an undertaking as this to the proper presentation she had given her full strength writing out a clear-cut synopsis of the story from one selection to the next which lois memorized and gave as prelude and interlude that synopsis though brief missed none of miss abby's points the first selection was eliza's escape with her child there was a skilful abbreviation that told the gist of the story the sale the flight the pursuit the escape lois was a natural elocutionist and she had been trained for this hour moreover she was new to the platform and supposed that the intense interest on the faces before her was due to her rendition of the piece stimulated by this she threw her whole soul into it she was finishing it now right on behind they came she declaimed her color rising with the excitement of the theme and the breathless attention of the audience and nerved with strength such as god gives only to the desperate with one wild and flying leap 
she vaulted sheer over the turbid current by the shore on to the raft of ice beyond it was a desperate leap impossible to anything but madness and despair the huge green fragment of ice on which she alighted pitched and creaked as her weight came on it but she stayed not there a moment with wild cries and desperate energy she leaped to another and still another cake stumbling leaping slipping springing upward again what in de name er god is she talkin about whispered mammy to liz up in the gallery and what's de matter wid de white folks her shoes were gone the young elocutionist concluded with dramatic intensity her stockings cut from her feet while the blood marked every step but she saw nothing felt nothing till dimly as in a dream she saw the ohio side and a man helping her up the bank she stopped and made a slight bow a smile of pleased anticipation on her lips not a sound broke the stillness there had been generous applause before for every number now there was silence with a perplexed look at her audience and a half appealing one toward miss abby lois proceeded with the story uncle tom's journey down the river the meeting with st clair and little eva and the coming of miss ophelia the next reading was the kitchen scene between that lady and dinah one of the best in the book for this is true to life a deadly suspicion was fastening upon lois that something was wrong she was glad that this was a humorous selection but it did seem humorous to grand prairie they had seen such kitchens too often to perceive anything funny in them or a portrayal of them and when the choice of this humorous sketch was made by one who had not spared criticism of such kitchens it became doubly offensive the next extract for miss abby had been remarkably conservative she was saving her strength for the finale was the death of little eva which has brought tears to the eyes of countless thousands even when divorced from the extraneous excitement of two marxes a double topsy and bloodhounds galore but by this time the audience was so hot that they did not care whether eva lived or died lois threw a despairing glance toward the pew where beverly flushed and uneasy sat he could not resist the appeal and a solitary hand-clap smote the stillness it was not followed the reader was damned with faint praise and in a voice that quavered slightly she announced her last selection the death of uncle tom oh heavens groaned dr lay now we shall have cass and legree and all that but they were spared legree before she had gone further colonel trevilian rose with courtly dignity and after a kindly tribute to the speaker's powers that brought a ghost of a smile to lois's quivering lips remarked that the hour being late and most of them having some distance to go he would suggest that they postpone the death and burial of their lamented friend until a more convenient season whereupon mr singleton taking the cue rose immediately and announced that the programme was ended the buzz began as they went out mr swamscott who was also from virginia remarked dryly to colonel trevilian well colonel 
i reckon she is a little too smart for us inside lois chandler was sobbing in miss nanny trevilian's lap and miss nanny cuddled her indignant as she was it wasn't the child's fault End of chapter fourteen